Live from Beit Shemesh and broadcasted around the world, you are listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Naham Klegman. Interviews and advice from Jewish entrepreneurs from around the world. Listen, learn, be Masliach. Welcome to episode two of the From Entrepreneur. Today we'll be speaking with the guys from Video Sparks, Morty Rapp and Amir White. Video Sparks is a video production studio that drives creativity and advertising to a whole new level. Not only do they understand animation, script writing, film, but they also understand business. They know that your goal is to get more customers. So as business people themselves, they implement their knowledge of marketing and advertising into your video. Morty Rapp. Morty has a background in fine art, film, and acting dating back to his teens. He has developed a unique way of communicating his ideas into fun and exciting graphics. In addition to this, Morty sports an honors BA in marketing and technology. Amir White. Amir has always had a passion for film. Ever since he was young, he would recall his days of yore, sitting behind the camera and capturing life one frame at a time. As he got older, he continued his hobby while pursuing his BA in biotechnology. During this time, Amir partnered up with Morty to form Video Sparks, where he practices Kung Fu Discipline motion graphics and awesome video production daily. Now, I came across these guys in my last video production we did for my Kickstarter campaign, along with Brian Spector. We had a team of three people, and Morty and Amir were uh, filled out that team, and they did an awesome, awesome job. And I just loved the way that they worked together. I loved the way that uh, you guys... You know, how you played off each other, how you each knew what each other's skill sets were. And it was just like, it was brilliant working with you guys. So I wanted to interview you. I know there's a lot that my audience can learn. So why don't you give us a little bit more background on uh, Video Sparks? Thank you for those kind words. Sure. The background behind Video Sparks. Uh, I guess I mean, we've been doing this now for, what, four years? I think so. And it's kind of been a, an interesting experience learning about what kind of clients we actually want to offer our services to. And we've been kind of, it's actually, we've been like kind of lowering who our target audience is almost every year and kind of creating these niche markets that I guess appeal to. And that's been an interesting thing. But uh, Video Sparks was, uh, you know, as you said in the intro, at least for me personally, it's always been uh, a passion of mine to make videos. And when I was in film school, I actually switched out when I realized that a lot of the people there were artists. And they were missing kind of that one major drive that I had, which was to make money. <laughs> so I switched to business school, uh, learned marketing, and then it was just kind of a natural uh, transition to use my passion for film and bring it to make a whole company. By the way, that, that's Morty. That was me, Morty. <laughs> and you started off mainly as animation, and then you moved to live filming, or is it still the same mix, still the same focus? How do you, how do you guys break it down? I think the majority of the work we take on is animation work at this point. It's much more, we're able to manage a lot more projects at once with the animation because film work tends to be a lot more time consuming. So we don't really have the scaling abilities by film that we do with animation. It's still so far. I mean, you guys have been doing this uh, for, you said, four years now. So how did you guys originally meet? How did Video Sparks get born? What, what was that process like? So it actually, I before I met Amir, I actually had my own company called MR Productions. Mr. Productions? That's that right. That was you? MR stood for Morty Rap, in case you didn't oh. pick that up. <laughs> had my own card and everything. I was like, I must have been like 15 or something when I started doing this and for money, I guess. So I took on a handful of projects, mostly film work, no animation, really. Then uh, I took, you know, it became more of a hobby, whatever. I put it to the side, went, to, I started working for someone and Amir and I actually met there on a professional level, although... On a personal level, we went to camp together. 
15 years ago. Which camp? Camp Mushava Ennismore. Ontario. Mosheva. Ontario. Wait, that's not the same. Wait, does Camp Mosheva in Ontario and Camp Mosheva in the States? Are they related I mean, to each other? They're both part of Benakiva, but two different camps. Oh, so you guys met in camp 15 years ago. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. And then we also went to Yeshiva. And who knew back in those days when you were eating pickles that you would be uh, one day working together? Well, I'm actually three years older than Amir. It always stems from the pickles. Oh, you're three years older. I'm three years older than <laughs> Pickles were big when I went to camp. I don't know. <laughs> but he was still able to beat me up when I was like, I think I was like, okay, I was 14 and you were 11. You were able to beat me up. That's, Some things will never change. That's embarrassing. But hey. <laughs> and then you met again back. If and then you... we, both, we both attended the same yeshiva, different years. Morty went to the army, came back to yeshiva as madrich when I was uh, still learning there. And which yeshiva? Uh, Levi Torah. In Ramapi Chemish. In Ramapi Chemish. Very nice. Yeshiva Levi Torah in Ramapi Chemish. <laughs> Very good. And so then how did... So Morty was working for a separate company these years later, doing animation for them. i just gotten married and was looking... It really all started, I was looking for something I could do part-time while in school to, you know, pay the rent and the bills. And Morty was like, hey, why don't you come work with me? So I guess uh, Morty got me started learning on the uh, a vast amount of free tutorials for teaching yourself animation online. Everything that I learned that I know today was all started from free tutorials on the internet. Oh, wow. And really, I was able to develop that into, you know, what we're doing today. But it all started there, and I spent my time doing that. And then Morty and I started working together for uh, a separate company. And then, I guess, to be politically correct, things weren't working out so well for us. It wasn't a good shidduch. I guess the rela- the business relationship we had with the company we were working for was not a good shidduch. And it was very clear to both parties that we should leave. And so we left to start our own thing. And uh, I think what was it like, how long did it take for us to come up with the name? I think a day. Yeah, we just like, all right, we need to buy, we need to buy, we need to buy, we need a website, we need to buy a domain, let's come up with a name, and we just like threw out a thousand different names, and And it was based on what was available, but it all worked, it worked, it worked. No, it's a great name, We sat on GoDaddy and typed in things and tried to figure out what names, (laughs) what URLs were available. The second (laughs) best option was Videos Parks. (laughs) Videos.parks. <laughs> so that, okay, so you guys, so that's what that. So you basically you were working for another company, and then you left. Basically, and you were just continued to do the same type of work, but now you're working for yourselves. Right. Yeah, and I already had a client base previous to that. Like I said, because I was doing it more of like a hobby for in exchange for like small compensation. So I had a client base that I was able to hold on to, and I went back and went back to that client base basically. So let me ask you, you guys, you're both married this time. I mean, you said you had just gotten married, and Morty, you were also married. Yeah, I was married. I think plus one at this point. So let me ask. You, well. Amir, you can't see this, but Amir's saying no. And Morty's like, I think I had a kid then. Okay, any. I mean, you only got married six months before me, and I had just gotten married, so I can't. But I'm three years older, so like. (laughs) We'll let you people do the math out there. When you guys decide to leave this company and start your own, what'd your wives say? Like, were they fully backing you? Were they a little weary? Like. That's a good question. I can't speak for Morty on this one, but my wife was uh, completely supportive. That's true. She. For some reason, thinks that whatever I put my mind to, I can accomplish. So she backed me. Does she still think that? I mean, it's four years she later. Still does. She okay. Still does. It's a good wife. I haven't been evicted, so she still does. <laughs> you know. Oh, let me add to this. I have to ask. Like, you probably you're all wondering, like, why did I choose Amir, who didn't really have much of a background in film, or for that matter, why I wanted to partner up with him? That's a good question, actually. He didn't know anything about animation. He was learning from online video tools how to animate, and he said, "Hey, this is the guy for me." So like Amir's wife, it was very clear to me that I saw a person who, if he puts his mind to something, he will accomplish it. And I know, like, I know what I brought to the table, and I need someone who could, like, fill the remaining 50%, and Amir was that guy. It was just very clear, like, how quickly he learned and, 
any problem that we came up with, he was able to figure out. So it was a great shidduch. So if you guys were into like rocket science and you would be like, you know, and you figure this out and that would have been also, you just happened to be into animation and video production. Yeah. Every once in a while I ask him to make a bomb for like, <laughs> for fun, you know. Let's, uh, Thank you for those kind words. <laughs> let's get down to a little bit more details of, of how you guys work. And, you know, besides obviously after davening in the morning, how do you guys focus your, your first hour of your day? Drinking coffee. <laughs> Like all good entrepreneurs. Yeah. I mean, my first hour of my day, I like to really just uh, answer every unanswered email if there are. And I like to, I pride myself on answering emails like within like five hours from when people send things to me. But if there's during that gap when I'm asleep and davening and haven't had time to respond to people, I, I like to fill that hour just responding to everyone, letting people know, you know, where we're holding, where things are going, following up on leads, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm here. Yeah, no, following up on uh, on production emails, letting people know where we're holding production-wise on their products. In general, our workload division, Morty handles a lot more of the sales business development, more on the production end. So I have a lot of contact with clients, having sent them drafts of whatever we're working on or updates at the end of the previous day. People respond. I spend my morning replying to emails and making sure everyone is up to date on what we're holding. Yeah, as a creative studio, I know like, you know, I hired you guys and when you work with creative people on the other side, we just can't wait for that email from you. We can't wait to see what you're working on. And I know that it's a time consuming process, you know, animating and creating quality videos is not something that takes 10 minutes to do. And uh, I know that business people sometimes have their, uh, you know, eager to get what you guys are creating. So I'm sure you get a lot of emails saying anything new, anything happening, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. People have no idea what goes into creating a video or an animation for that matter. They assume, you know, you show up, you film, and then the next day, hey, we have a video. Right, right. <laughs> maybe, we should, maybe we should just yeah. start sending them links to other videos that have been made, like really well done things. <laughs> Hollywood productions, you. here you go. Right, right. You, you know, if you have a button, it's like a lot of these, you know, quote, unquote, Hollywood things or even shorts, you know, can take a year to make and you know people have budgets of a million dollars plus here people are paying you what, what's your average deal uh 10 to twenty thousand. so for 2015 actually uh where our pricing model has been three thousand dollars for a 60 second animation wow for the quality you guys give that's really under uh market yeah for sure i think we strategically placed ourselves in this spot that for let's say bigger companies who have larger budgets it's a no-brainer they're taking five videos you know <laughs> like the, of course why not and then for the let's say like the startups who have a, you know a little bit uh, less flexible with their funding it's something they can afford to get a very high quality production right so anyway so we lowered our prices in an attempt to see if we can make more sales based on the lower price because we really only need to make around one extra sale a month to offset the lowering cost of our videos mm-hmm so hopefully it will turn into more than one extra sale a month. And No, it's already working. You know, I could tell you straight up. I mean, I've seen, I mean, you can visit videosparks.net. Now, obviously in the show notes, I'll have all the links to everything you need. But you guys, you know, have been working with some pretty large companies. I think I saw our crowd, right, is one of them. And, you know, they've become pretty huge. Glide. Yeah, you know, we, it's so of, funny. Some of the companies that we've actually worked with are, are now huge, huge companies. Uh, weren't is, necessarily when we started working with them. Yeah. I'd like to think that that's because <laughs> of the work we did for them. Right. But no, they of may, course they it may, is. They may beg to it's differ. It's because but of videosparks.net that they all made all their money. Another big kind of Kenshu, a big marketing firm. Yeah, I remember when Kenshu was first getting started. You know, uh, when I found a Vubix back. Vubix is another company you uh, guys did animation for us back Hopefully a couple years ago. Hopefully big coming for them soon. Zrat Hashem. And yeah, Kenshu, I remember they were just getting started and now they also, they've raised 
what, like 30, 40 million, something That's like, like that? That's like their fourth round, at least, something like that. I don't yeah. remember exactly. Well, actually, one of our most exciting experiences ever was we're making a Kickstarter campaign for uh, Zuda Labs, who made the pocket printer. Right. And the video we made for them, and we watched, we, we got to watch, witness this real time, their Kickstarter campaign within five days. We raised about half a million dollars. Half a million dollars in five days. And that now they're, unbelievable. they're one of the hottest uh, Israeli tech companies. Right. They just won an award at uh, CES, CES, right? Uh, like one of the top product awards at CES. They're doing big things. Amazing. So you're saying basically for your $3,000, you're getting a lot more than just an animated video. Well, well, that's for the animated videos. For Obviously, for live action, it's a different pricing model, and that's a, a per-client basis. But you were saying also in, in your very nice introduction, you know, our at least Morty's official educational background is in marketing. So more than just creating a video, we like to help our clients actually market that and the content that goes into a lot of marketing strategy goes into developing the content the creative content and the video itself because you have to you know people are watching the video and you need to know exactly what to tell them right all right guys what would you say is one thing that has you fired up right now personally i enjoy just the high-tech scene in israel i love just kind of seeing these things like all these companies that who we've been exposed to and even been in touch with, whether they're clients or not, like, okay, they just got, you know, they just got purchased or they just got a $20 million round of funding or whatever. It's just very exciting to be in this relatively small country, Israel, yet at the same time, we are producing the coolest stuff in the world. And this like just this technology that's so global and so desired from every country around the world. So, I mean, that's, you know, for me, that gets me really excited. And Amir? Aside from what Morty said, it's just like, it's very exciting to, you know, we were saying a lot of these companies that we've started working with started out, you know, very small and just to watch them explode. It's, it's right. You were amazing. there, you were there when they were just getting started and getting their first video out. And now you've seen them grow. And I think one of the things, I mean, uh, just noticing a little bit of a pattern, because I know, you, you know, you did video for my Kickstarter campaign and I know you've done a few others. Do you see yourselves getting more involved in that niche? So Kickstarters are actually, it's an interesting experience, at least this year we are definitely focusing on it a bit more in terms of integrating that into our sales cycles and looking for clients that that want those kind of products. But I find it's like an interesting mix of people who, so Kickstarter videos or campaigns are for companies that don't really have money yet. Right. That's a good point. You know, most people when they're starting Kickstarter, every dollar counts until they actually uh, raise the funds that they need. No, so we've been trying a few different approaches with making Kickstarter videos on how to make the sale. You know, a lot of it can do with, you know, sharing a percentage of the funds goes towards the video. You know, you, you know, we'll put up our work at no cost, you know, on condition that we make a, you know, X percentage of whatever funds are raised from the video, which is definitely a dangerous game to play. And it's only something that, you know, we'd be willing to do if it's a product that we really believe in. But aside from that, Kickstarter campaign, a lot more goes into a Kickstarter campaign than just a video. Well, that, that I know from, you know, firsthand, but video, anybody out there that's you know planning on doing a kickstarter campaign you know having a quality video is definitely huge i mean first impressions are everything the first thing someone's going to do is watch your video and understand about budget if i mean if someone has a product out there and they come to you and you guys are blown away you know yeah they have more of a risk you know they may be end up paying more than the three thousand dollars for that video but in the long wouldn't be able to raise that money initially unless they have exactly exactly but on the other hand you know when a client does have the money for a kickstarter campaign they are a lot of fun we're working on our sixth kickstarter video now and it's actually really enjoyable you'll see it's going to be coming out uh, within the next two to three weeks sweet and this one it's really fun because for us we like to kind of up our production level so this one has like a set designer and an actress and uh it's going to be a lot of fun great great but again like i was saying is the other risk with doing rev shares on, on a kickstarter is 
is. So you can really believe in the product and produce an awesome video, but if the campaign itself isn't run properly, That's true. then they're not going to raise money. That's another thing that we're trying to approach is to get more involved in the running of the campaigns. I guess it's an also an upsell to whoever the client is, but you want to, you know, you want to have hands on making sure that, you know, the campaign is run properly because otherwise you're just not going to get paid. Plenty of good products on Kickstarter that, you just know, never probably most of you have never heard of because right. the campaign wasn't run properly. Right. That's no, true. And yeah, a lot of times you'll see, like, what was it? What was the one that just made the $14 million? The, uh, Exploding Kittens? No, no, no. How much did they end up making? I don't know. For sure, the most The cooler. The cool cooler. Product. Yeah, it was the most backed. And then there was another one for uh, Reading Railroad. Re- Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. Rainbow. Okay, but he, that was a famous actor who had yeah. a show for like a number of years. Yeah, yeah. They reached their goal in 24 <laughs> hours. That's insane. That's wow. really nuts. Reading Rainbow was the show that he was on. As well. Oh, Reading Rainbow was the show. <laughs> Star Trek. But... And a little show called Star Trek. Small show. Right. Sometimes people can create an awesome video, but it, there's a lot more in making your Kickstarter campaign successful. But I was saying about the Cool Cooler is that when they ran it and they end up becoming you know the largest funded or most amount of funders, this was the second time they released the product. The first time they released the product, they didn't reach their goals. So they went back to the drawing board, worked on making the product cooler even, and then they relaunched and you know just hit the right nerves or whatever and uh, exploded. All right, I like one of the things I like to do on our podcast is – you know, people like hearing about the successes and stuff, but we could really learn from the challenges we have as entrepreneurs. So why don't you guys give me your worst entrepreneurial experience and the lessons you learned from it? There was a fairly large startup accelerator, like pre-seed stage startup accelerator that had approached us about buying into their program. And we would have, you know, exclusivity with their global network of startups that were part of their accelerator. At least that's, you know, how it was explained to us. We were told, you know, you know, you'll buy into our system and we'll guarantee you uh, business. Wow. It was definitely, it was a hefty sum of money that we had to buy in for. And it all seemed... I said, wait, you... And there's an accelerator. Accelerators usually give you money. No, so no. We, we were a sponsor. sponsor. You know, we bought in. Oh, uh, to gonna, sponsor we were to buy the accelerator. I see. Okay. You know, we would have exclusivity as a you know, media To do all the animation and videos for all their... Hundreds, hundreds of companies. That uh, sounds awesome off the... Uh, yeah. It's amazing. It was a big time company, you know, very legitimate, great reputation. There's no reason to think that... It wouldn't be awesome. And right. money, it was a lot of money, but would have paid itself off. Yeah, we mitigated our risk by, it was very clear, like we have all the emails, it's kind of funny, that the sales, it was a salesperson, we didn't talk to the owner of the accelerator itself, but the salesman who was dealing with us made it very clear, like there were certain terms that were never actually met, mm-hmm. and then the sales guy was fired. Ooh. Um, and so we're like, okay, so give us back our money, right? Of course. Right. It was a lot of money. It was five digits. Yeah. For I, I, us, it, if for it was more than five digits, digits, that would be... Yeah, no, but I'd say for us, <laughs> this was be at the beginning. These were at the beginning. <laughs> this was at the beginning years. So like right. it was really... Basically, they had guaranteed us business, but months go by. Thing. Nothing's coming in. Always this excuse, that excuse. We're fine-tuning things. Fine. It all made sense. Then finally, one day, you know, we're like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. We need to get in touch with the CEO. We get in touch with the CEO and we explain to him, you know, what's... The situation, he's like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I never would have guaranteed any of that to you. He's <laughs> like, okay, but your sales team did, and here are X amount of emails. And I quote, going back and am, forth. I, am I my brother's keeper? He didn't say that. <laughs> so you're not quoting then. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but I never, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I ever promise you that? I was like, I don't care why it doesn't make sense to you, but your sales team promised that to us. Right. So a week later, the guy, you know, our point of contact with the company gets fired and nobody, then like we're, we become pariahs. Nobody wants to talk to us. Nobody, meanwhile, we have all this money that we had laid out for it. Right. Nothing to show for it. Wow. You know, 
So months of chasing after them and finally threatening with a lawsuit, they, you know, returned to us half of our money and then, you know, disappear. And we were advised by our lawyer as well as other entrepreneurial uh, friends. Just be happy you got back half your money and let it go. For the amount of money that's left, a lawsuit's not worth it. Plus, it's going to be in the States. You've got to fly back and forth to deal with it. It's just not... Even if you do win, the amount of money you're going to make is not going to be worth the headache that you put so into it. So what was the lesson, Amir? So what do you think? The lesson... What would you have done the differently? T- the tough lesson... I don't know what the lesson was because on paper, it all made sense. I have a lesson. Go ahead. My lesson... I actually learned this from the uh, the CTO of Glide. He, I remember talking to him about something else. Jonathan cares. Yeah. So he told me that... But we're going to hit him up for an interview also. He's he's awesome. So I hope I'm allowed to quote him in his name. Go ahead. Uh, you'll have to ask permission. So he told me there are times in your life where you're going to get screwed and like that's just it. You just have to be prepared. That's just part of life. It's part of business. Right. And you, you can't like just sit there and, and mope on it. Okay. So bad stuff happens. Okay. Move on. Right. We bounce back. Everything's been a shemayim. Yeah. I mean, look, we definitely didn't sit around moping about it. It happens to be... Worked out very well in the sense that, you know, the initial investment money came from my parents. Thank you to them if they're listening. Right. So I hope they're it's listening. not like no one's chasing after us for the money. It would have been a bigger problem if, you know, we had taken out a big loan for this and then we'd be, you know, stuck paying it off now with nothing to show for it. But right. yeah, it was tough because I don't know, like presented with the facts as they were again. I, yeah, I I'd mean, be hard you... pressed to not do it again. Yeah, of course I would do <laughs> right. it. Right? Yeah. It just made right. No, it seems. Was it almost like too good to be true? Like maybe. Yeah, I think it was so. way maybe too good to be true. In hindsight, to an executive hindsight. in the company, not just speak to the. I mean, maybe that's a lesson we can learn. Says if a sales guy is selling you something, so we had it before you sign the deal. Speak to someone in the executive level. We, make sure it's the right. real deal. Type. So we of definitely thing. had spoken to the CEO beforehand, but he had made it clear to us that the guy we were dealing with was, you know. He's his liaison. This is how it is, and it, and on paper, the contract that we had was well. Solid. You know what? Here's you know when you look back at it, the contract wasn't as foolproof as I would have liked it to be. Meaning, it wasn't so much in our favor contract wise because most of it was in conversation. So the contract was used a lot of jargon. Mm. It was very ambiguous. Right. So if you held up that, let's say that contract, and you put it side by side to an audio conversation that we had with the salesman, okay, so it makes sense, but. It could easily be manipulated for something else, and I think that's what the owner, the CEO, did. And uh, you know, so he was able to just kind of walk away and say, "Well, sorry, guys." Ugh, wow. Well, now that we had a story like one of your challenging stories, how about a story of Siata Deshmaya, like where something like out of nowhere, just like give us a great story, Siata Deshmaya, inspire us. Okay, so first and foremost, I want to just say we're gonna like besides working with me. Oh. <laughs> I have, we have a couple of kind of religious themes in our office. The first one was we used to be really good at this. I think we, it's, uh, I'm now kind of reminding myself about it, but, uh, that every time we made a sale, we used to kind of read to Hill in publicly in the office. Oh, that's nice. That you was, know, some companies have a sales gong. Right. You hear we, the thing about Yeah, we the, have sales to Hillam. Sales to Hillam. That's great. Uh, and that's from Rebbe Nachman, who always says that just to Hillam isn't always about just like, you know, when you have a tsara, it could also be when something great happens to you. So, <laughs> so we read, we read to Hillam out loud. Beautiful. And then this is kind of like the antics you have to this mind. I'm speaking to myself. You know, the classic thing that, you know, Bekoch Yadi, uh, fill in the sentence. No, I want you to do this. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. Come on, Morty. But basically, the idea is that uh, it's very easy to kind of forget about a Klesh Baruch. And you say, no, you know, the reason the sales are coming in is because I'm awesome or because of this thing that we did. Oh, I changed it. So I'm great. I'm awesome. And then you like kind of forget, thank Hashem, and you forget to say, well, he's obviously the one running the entire process from beginning to end. 
And uh, I find personally this happens both in business and in my life in general that the minute you kind of forget about Hashem, then he'll start taking things away. And then he kind of reminds you saying, well, don't forget, I'm the main player here. Uh, so you've seen, you've seen that type of pattern in your business. 100%. I think the phrase you're looking for is Yes, yeah, say that again. And then like, but, actually send me the quote, we'll put it in the uh, show notes. That's right. Yeah, no, there were definitely months that, you know, early on, we definitely weren't making the money that we... Uh, Wanted or needed to, for that matter. And there were definitely months that came by that, you know, the bank, the bank's coming after you. Right. And then, like, just when the bank is about to, you know, take you away, you know, that sale comes the in. The sale comes kind in. Of, uh, pushes them off for another month. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, we're going to just ask a couple more questions and we're going to close with our famous charity plug. What is the best advice you guys ever received? I got an amazing advice from my friend, and I hope I can, again, I'm quoting someone without his permission, but you have to quote people in their name. Sure. So from John Stefanski, it's straight up halacha. You have to quote in the name of the sayer. So this sayer was from John Stefanski, CEO of Vubix, that uh, I asked him before I joined this, this partnership with Amir, what's the best advice you can have for a successful business partnership? Um, and he said, treat your business partner like you would treat your spouse. He definitely If you see how he treats Hillel, <laughs> Hillel Scheinfeld, they definitely uh, have that relationship. You know, they're working together is very inspiring. And, you know, both smart, good guys. You know, that's definitely noted. If you're so saying treating your business partner, how you treat your wife. And so you guys are, I mean, like you said before, when you left the company, it's sort of like divorcing. You know, relationship, business relationship is like a marriage. Yeah. Well, business partnership is like a marriage. I would, my client relationships is pretty, uh, you know. It's business as usual, but with Amir and I, we have to like, you know, we have to leverage each other's lives. Like we know everything about each other for the most part. I think I'm probably a little more open than Amir's because Amir's like, you know. Yeah, he's very closed. He's a very emotionally closed person. Right. Sometimes he cries on my shoulder. Okay. Um, I cannot do confirm want... nor deny that. Also, we like to hug. <laughs> you guys are big huggers? Yeah, I am. Beautiful. I know at my uh, company road shows, we have a lot of uh, hugging. Hugging is a big theme for us. <laughs> okay, how about a resource that you guys use that you think would be beneficial to uh, entrepreneurs? Something uh, online, a program that you use that you found? For anyone who wants to learn After Effects, you got to give a big shout out to videocopilot.net. Videocopilot.net, okay. That's just a great way to get started if you want to learn how to use After Effects. That's the program used for animation. Uh, a lot of really fun things, make explosions and whatever, you know, really, really cool stuff. Can like somebody that has no knowledge of coding or programming use it or like you have to have some sort of a uh, skill base? I mean, so you have to have the beginner set of tutorials, but I think his question was more geared towards general entrepreneurs as opposed to people who want to learn how to make videos. Okay. Well, that's okay. Let's no, take I think, it back. I, I think that's okay. Rewind. Erase. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I can't think of what about we have a good resource. Okay, so we'll stick with that. I mean, I think people will be interested to check that out if you wanted to get into animation. Our last question: What book would you recommend to our listeners, and why? I don't read much. Uh, yeah, I don't. Not read, I don't read business books. No business books. Nothing. We like to learn by doing. We're not big into theory. Okay. And last but not least, something I'd like to do with our podcast is give a shout out to Sadak uh, organizations that we support that you know, try to help spread the good. So what stock organization do you guys support and why do you support them? And we're going to put a link to their website uh, on our show notes. I'm going to go with one of two that we work with. One would be Gears. It is a uh, oh, yeah, local awesome. Ramat Beit Shemesh nonprofit that teaches leadership and life lessons to youth through the fine art of mountain biking. 
Fantastic. Wonderful organization has done wonderful things. All right, so Gears, yeah. Do you guys actually do any bike riding with them? I happen to work with a group once a week and sit on the board of directors. Who's behind that? I... Nachum Wasaski. Wasaski, right, right. I hear great things. Rabbi, Rabbi Nachum Wasaski. Really do wonderful things. Like the amount of feedback, positive feedback that we get from not only the parents of children that are in our groups, but also the teachers and, you know, doctors of these kids. It's, it's amazing. Awesome. Okay, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Anyway, guys, I know you guys are super busy. I appreciate the time you gave me. And, you know, I look forward to getting this live. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, thank you for uh, Thanks for, for having this us. conversation. Yeah. That was awesome. Wonderful. We had a great time. Great. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with Nahum Kligman. We hope you learned something valuable and will share this with your friends. For show notes, archives of previous episodes, and more information to help you start and grow your business, please visit our website, www.fromentrepreneur.com. Listen, learn, be Masliach.